0: I don't know how to make it louder when I edit it. Because, like, I guess. The last one was louder. I don't know if it was that much louder, but it was louder.
1: It's just weird going from, like, different podcasts, and then ours will come up because I have it. Like, uh, I'm subscribed to it just because, you know, gotta support ourselves. And it'll randomly play and it'll be way quieter.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to look into that. Because. I know that, like, it happens a lot with music. Like, Taylor Swift's new album is super fucking quiet, and it really does bother me. Because, like, I have to put my car on Max just to
1: hear it, and it's, like, not even loud. Person's lost her hearing. I, She's Kristen's just going death. around bumping Taylor Swift. <laughs> I love Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, Raina, at work, the keeps telling me. me. Uh, her inner white girl Sometimes is coming out every time she listens to I Taylor feel Swift. I like everybody is a sexy baby <clears throat> and I'm a no. hill. We don't <laughs> like her that much. I like that song. It's you a can song. The, You can go to the concert in Chicago with Raina.
0: Um, I don't think... Actually, her tickets aren't bad and I think I like her even more for that because people are paying like... <sighs> Like, under $100 for seats, and I'm like, that's good. That's a good price. Because, like, Adele's are, like, $400. And, like, Damn, really, really? Adele's a good singer, but how good of a show is she putting on? Probably
1: not a Taylor good one. Swift She has probably has, like, isn't even, like, slipping a net.
0: Yeah, and Taylor Swift has, like, a huge stage, and sometimes she has multiple stages that she hops back and forth between. She's just hopping. <laughs> yeah before.
2: just hip-hopping yeah
0: yeah yeah just goofing new boot goofing i'm pretty sure taylor swift's concert's already sold out so i can't go with her um is it at the union in chicago
1: i don't know that's it i didn't ask that many one. questions because i don't want to go yeah um you no know, her newer album did sound all right though just yeah it's not really it was
2: okay i guess
1: I feel like Vigilante either- Shit really? Did you, would it be you Kyla's it? song. What?
0: Vigilante Shit, I think, would be like the best song for you off that.
1: I'm pretty sure I don't like that song.
0: Oh. I like Midnight Rain.
1: Doesn't Vigilante Shit sound kind of dumb? I don't know. I like that one. Um. Hello,
0: everyone. This is a killer Swift talk. That's not bad.
1: Yeah, <laughs> isn't that one stupid? It wasn't. Add the stupid to playlist. I thought it was just some like kind of like her old albums type shit. No, it's <clears throat> it's like good shit.
0: And like some of the songs, like I don't care for, but I like that one and I like Midnight Rain because. And Midnight Rain, she's like, this guy wanted talk a wife. Rain. It's not how it goes.
2: <laughs> word for word, note for note. <laughs>
0: Uh, And then she's like, but I didn't want that. I wanted to, like, become famous and chase the money, so that's what I did instead of getting married. (sighs)
1: Okay.
2: Fair enough. All right. Good for her.
1: You You can go ahead and start. Well, I'm Kirsten.
2: I'm Joshua.
1: And I'm Kyla.
2: And this is The Weird and Suspicious.
1: That's weird.
2: That's, That's suspicious.
1: suspicious. Josh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, you haven't needed to do that in a while.
2: I, I I feel like I'm I'm just so used to it, you know.
1: It comes not. back from all You're those not. weeks when Kyla was gone. Exactly. You're you can follow us on Instagram at yeah. the Weird and Sus. No, that's suspicious. Twitter.
2: It's weird and suspicious
1: everywhere with <laughs> <but> Twitter. <laughs> Twitter at The Weird and Sus. And um, you can also email us at uh, The Weird and Suspicious at Gmail. Um, and if you would like to follow us on Facebook, that is also The Weird and Suspicious. <laughs> <sighs>
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo,
0: yo. I'm, like, so tired that everything is funny.
1: Uh, that makes sense. Alright. Let's get this show on the road after I take another drink.
2: It's your sort, Kylo. We've been waiting for you.
1: Sometimes when you talk, I just wish you wouldn't. Um, my wife has been acting strange ever since I had my MRI. An odd looking man had been pounding on the plastic barrier at the check-in desk while we were in the waiting room, shouting what sounded like a string of nonsense at the poor hospital employee behind it. I was reaching that weird twilight state where the sedatives make everything seem slightly surreal. The picture in the magazine I was holding seemed to be moving, and I was pointing them out to my wife, Marie Anne, who suppressed a laugh in response. Um, I'm guessing they're, they're a bunch of hicks because her name is Marie Anne. I'll say my sister's name is Sounds Anne like Marie. Hick name. Yeah, that checks out then. Um. <laughs> we love you, though. <laughs> I was a bit out of it, but I do remember he was screaming something along the lines of that he was very sick and that something was in his body with him and they needed to get it out. As she led me out of the waiting room, my nurse cheerfully explained the procedure to me while wearing the brightest smiley face scrubs I'd ever seen. I shot one look back to Marie-Anne because despite the waiting room being nearly empty, the yelling guy had sat down right next to her and stared at her while he kept rubbing at his eyes. She smiled at me, gave me her I'll be fine look, waved me on, and pulled out a well-worn paperback. Paperback? Like a book? Well-worn
2: paperback. It's been read at least once.
0: (laughs) I was, but like, do people normally get sedatives when they're getting MRIs? Is that normal? I don't know Mm. things.
2: Uh, I haven't gotten sedatives when I did MRIs, but you know, if you have anxiety, maybe that's like a.
0: I've never had an MRI, but like CAT gotta... they don't give me a sedative.
2: Mm-hmm. They inject you with dye that Dude, makes that you feel shit's weird. weird.
0: That makes you feel, feel like you're peeing. Yeah, yeah. it starts in your nose.
2: You know, just to just because and it doesn't they're end like, in your toes. You'll feel but, like you're peeing your oh. pants. You don't act, you aren't actually. I feel like you should just pee your pants one time and just be like, you told me I wasn't. You promised me.
0: You're
1: going to feel like you're peeing your pants, but you aren't. And then you're like, but I did. You step out and there's just pee dripping down your legs.
2: (laughs) And they're looking at
1: you and you're like, what's wrong? (laughs) So, once we got past the door, there was a young woman in a hospital bed being taken down the same hall as me. She smiled at me serenely. There was something weird about her that I couldn't put my finger on. Maybe the way she stared at me without blinking or how she breathed in odd, exaggerated breaths. It was almost as if she was trying to demonstrate to those around her that she was truly an authentic, living, breathing person. She stared at me with what looked to be curling, delicate black threads emerging from her eye sockets, but I chalked that up to be the sedation meds at the time. I don't remember much about the scan itself. I'm not sure how long I had been trapped in there for, but it was late morning when I went in and pitch black outside when I came out. I had come in, or I had come to, in that dark and tight space to the gentle whirring sound of the machine. There were no doctors, nurses, or technicians in my room and the lights were off. It was eerily silent. I hadn't realized where I was at first and had squirmed in my post sedation stupor. I instinctively tried to sit up and my nose made hard contact with the inside of the machine. There's
2: Uh, no way somebody went in thinking that they were going for an MRI and were like, Oh yeah, I think it was there all day. That seems about right, right? (laughs) They knocked me out for the procedure, right? That's 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 about right, right?
0: Like like a like a little bit of medicine to calm you down, but they're not like giving you anesthesia to go into. I think it sounds like um Well they said like, like a K2. Yeah it like in good
2: the touch. middle of the night. Like he was gone the entire day.
0: You know, they, they had a lot that they the needed machine. to look at.
1: Maybe there was some other more important stuff going on. They're like, yeah. Imagine
2: the insurance bill for having the MRI the entire fucking day.
1: Having the MRI going on for like ten hours. <laughs> That's funny. They've been kind enough to approve sedating me for the hour and a half long scan due to my claustrophobia. But then, apparently, they had just forgotten about me? I had pounded on the inside of that Uh awful white Uh tunnel and screamed until I was hoarse. And still, Uh no one came for me. At one point, I felt someone tug at me. Cold and clammy hands pulled indelicately at my ankles. But they must have given up because not long afterwards, I was alone again. I would have thought the whole memory was a fabrication of my drugged mind... But there was an old, grayish residue on my ankles when I finally got out. I thought of Marie Ann sitting in the waiting room and didn't know how everyone could have forgotten about me. Surely she would have asked about me when several hours had passed and I still hadn't returned.
2: Nah, she's like, ah, I don't know enough about doctors.
0: Oh, I was thinking, she was like, hell yeah. Maybe I don't have to worry about him anymore and she gets to go home and live her life in peace.
1: She's like, ugh, I was... I was really hoping he would die from an MRI somehow.
2: Oh, thank God. He's gone. (laughs) (laughs) I knew paying them to sedate him.
1: (laughs) Eventually, I calmed down enough to release the belt and slowly inch my way out, trying to keep my eyes shut and my breathing steady while not focusing on the fact that my face was so close to the inside of the tunnel that I could feel my own breath reflected back onto my face. <sighs> I tried to ignore Did the they- friction burns as I accidentally drugged bare flesh against the smooth interior. In the distance, awful screaming like I'd never heard before seamlessly transitioned into a laughter that was so odd it gave me chills. It floated down the silent hall. At one point, I was walking towards the elevator. I thought I saw small and perfectly round eyes gleaming at me from behind the glass panel in one of the darkened rooms. I told myself it was the last of the drugs in my system messing with my head. That's why the elevator buttons looked to be painted with still drying with blood as they lit up. Two, I, I think assured he's myself... not just on the, the last
2: months. of the drugs. I think he's still still going hard with
0: them this is all just a dream from the anesthesia
1: he's still just having a a good old fun time i stumbled back the way that i remember the nurse leading me until i saw something that made me stop cold the handprints told a story sloppily written in blood on what used to be an off-white floor pull pull drag from following the uneven and musty tracks, I guessed that someone had been hauling themselves down the hallway using their hands while the rest of them dragged along the dingy, the dingy linoleum, leaving streaky crimson in their wake. The hallway was littered with what looked like long black hairs that seemed to be moving ever so slightly. At this point, I really, really hope that I was just hallucinating. It began from the path to the waiting room and then continued to the hall that forked away from me. There was so much blood, I didn't know how the person was even able to keep going that far. The smell was overwhelming. I'd accidentally stepped into it and could feel the still warm liquid as it seeped into my hospital-issued socks. I still couldn't blink with both my eyes, but those very real feeling sensations, coupled with absolute lack of people and symphony of beeps and alerts from the rooms on either side of the narrow hall around... Made it harder and harder to convince myself that I was simply drugged out of my mind. Somehow, despite all the other noises, I could still hear the faint, wet, dragging sound of someone crawling through the darkness. I was a bit woozy and desperate to get out, so I called out into the distance that I was going to get help. The sound of raw meat dragging along the linoleum paused for a few moments before resuming. I realized Aww. that it seemed to grow louder almost as if they would changed directions and were now heading back towards me. In that moment, I felt dread gnawing at me, and suddenly, I didn't want them to reach me. I felt that something terrible would happen if they did. After heading away from the increasingly loud, wet crawling sound in the hallway, I continued my trek back towards the waiting room. My wet socks left bloody footprints in my wake, the pattern which confirmed that I was still weaving a bit as I walked, If I were here alone, I probably would have hauled ass out of the emergency exit door as soon as I saw the blood and whatever was lurking in the darkness in the floor below. But I could see Marie-Anne's lime green hatchback in the parking lot through a window in the hall. She was still inside. I feel like
2: you just leave. Like, she'll get mad later, but at least you live. (laughs)
1: I mean, either she's dead or she'll get mad. Either way, we don't want to deal with any of those scenarios.
2: Exactly.
1: Blah, 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 blah. Even though the trail led from the waiting room, the person crawling through the empty hallway was not my wife, I told myself. She was fine. She'd been sitting right where I'd seen her last. Some of the doors to the occupied rooms were just slightly ajar and I tried to ignore the sounds coming from within them. I finally came across the nurse's station that I had remembered being the last thing between myself and the secured doors. But what I saw there quickly killed any relief that had been forming. There were feet sticking out from just behind the counter. They moved and twitched irregularly. Despite my better judgment, I stepped over the mess of gore in the hallway to take a closer look. The legs seemed to dance to an unearthly melody that only their owner could hear. I saw my nurse, the one who had taken me back for the scan. I was so out of it before that, I'd forgotten her name, but not her smile that had matched the smiley faces on her trippy neon scrubs. The smile was long gone now. There was still a jagged bit of ribs and torso left above the hip bone and both legs, but the rest of her was just missing. I stared in Ugh. horror and took a moment for my eyes to adjust and see that the dance was the result of something moving around just inside of the gaping wound in what was Late. left of her torso. Like a parasite dancing?
0: Fuck? This guy's tripping balls.
2: Just like a rat, you know, jumping around in your skin.
0: <sighs> uh, I was thinking of like a weird worm.
1: I could see many of the now familiar, delicate hair-like threads spilling out of her body. They moved in unison, and it almost looked as if the small tendrils were beginning to reform the parts of her body that were missing. It was like watching an otherworldly 3D printer for flesh and bone. Ew. I clamped a hand over my mouth tightly to keep quiet and took a last, long, sad look at her blood-soaked scrubs and flailing legs. I sped up and continued onward clumsily. Despite what I told myself, I almost couldn't believe it when I found Marie-Anne still sitting on a now sticky and saturated chair in the waiting room. Her sweater was slashed in places and stained. An entire arm of it was missing, splatters of small droplets, freckled her cheeks, and the cover of the book she was now holding upside down. But she looked entirely uninjured. I had a fleeting moment where I wondered where the blood around her had came from, but was relieved more than anything else. The room was in disarray, and a single sneaker with the foot still in it peeked out from under her chair, but she didn't seem even remotely fazed by the carnage around her. She stared at me for a moment, almost as if she had to flip through mental flashcards before she recognized me, but I figured it was due to whatever horrible things she had recently bore witness to. On yeah, way no, she out.
2: definitely did some of this
1: shit. <laughs> she did
0: all of it. I'm just thinking he's having a psychotic break, and no one is seeing what he's seeing. And they're all like, oh, hey, honey, how, how'd it
1: go? And he's like...
2: <laughs> he was in the elevator <laughs> for, like, 20 minutes.
1: Yeah. I don't fucking... On our way out, I heard tapping behind the plastic panel at the check-in desk. I made the mistake of looking and saw the young hospital employee from before... "'gripping the desk, desperately trying to stay upright. "'His face, which was devoid of any emotion, looked mishappen, "'as if someone had tried to put together a human face "'never seeing one before. "'Those Mm. thin, black, tendril-like threads emerged from his eyes, "'and the cavernous gap where his lower jaw should have been. "'They were weaving together and seamlessly blending "'into his skin before my eyes, "'repairing what likely should have been lethal injuries.' We were so close to the exit, and when I heard the double doors move and duck behind some chairs, I tried to pull Marie Ann down with me, but she stood firm. Shoes and the tattered and stained hems of brightly colored smiley face scrubs came into my view from where I was hidden. It seemed as if my poor nurse had simply got up and strolled away, unperturbed by the minor inconvenience that the entire top third of her body was missing. My wife stared, but didn't react at all to whatever she was seeing. Eventually, what remained of my nurse walked out the front doors and disappeared into the darkness beyond the lights of the parking lot. We eventually made it to our car, but I still can't drive yet, and she's just sitting in the driver's seat staring at me without blinking. Still and quiet, except for an occasional loud and irregular breathe. I swear I see delicate threads spilling from under her eyes. I've called 911 but keep getting the dispatchers in the next county over, And they keep riding me back to my own county, but no one's answering. I miss the moment when I thought waking up stuck after a full body MRI was going to be the worst part of my day. My wife has been acting so weird since my MRI. We're still sitting here. I'm tired, confused, and have the worst itch forming behind my eyes.
2: Ew.
0: Yeah, why do you have an itch behind your eyes? How do you even solve that? A lobotomy?
2: You just cut your eyes out. Yeah. Yeah, just cut your eyes that out.
0: Sounds right.
2: Damn.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Ew. I think he had a psycho. I think he had a bad reaction to the medicine.
1: He <laughs> probably just had a psychotic break.
0: I did a cryptid called the Pale Crawlers. Um, they're a tall humanoid, six to nine feet tall. Pale, as in white, sickly-looking skin. They have long, thin limbs, often are hunched over, extremely skinny, bald, with black, beady eyes. They have a really flat face and only two holes for a nostril, I mean, for a nose. Um, same thing, I guess. A slit for a mouth, no ears, and when they open their mouth, it's really wide and it's just a bunch of sharp teeth. And they are oddly very strong, and in my head, I kind of just pictured Voldemort.
1: Oh my god, it is Voldemort!
2: It is Voldemort.
1: Mm-hmm. So what I thought, um,
0: when they are give me like, give me. <laughs> when they are either running away from you or chasing you for fun to scare you, they are on all fours. But they're very fast, and they can easily like maneuver around stuff.
1: So like that scares me.
0: You only see them at night. You don't see them during the day. So I think they have night vision. If they can like easily weave in in and out of like woods and I don't know trash cans and stuff, because I'm just, no like, no. Also they just they can. just run into everything. <laughs> <laughs> they can mimic the humic voice and will often uh, often cry like a baby. Or a woman screaming, and some people will hear a voice of a loved one, which also kind of goes with the fact that some people think that they stalk their prey for a while, so like, maybe they see you around someone and they mimic that person's voice to try and like lure you out into the woods. Um, when you see them, it's normally at night in non-popular places, like the woods, dirt roads... Sometimes in the suburbs, but it's like if literally no one is around and it, it's just you and that's all. They haven't hurt anyone. They kind of just scare you. Which
1: I think is weird. That's fine. Yeah.
0: But like also I don't want to be chased by one.
1: Uh no. Crawling creeps me out. <laughs> your crawling
0: creeps me out. It does creep you out, doesn't it? I yeah, <laughs> it like, really bad. That. Really bad. What about when a baby crawls? I like stop that.
1: Learn <laughs> <More than> to walk. <laughs> Everybody, stop what you're doing.
2: Crawling like slowly when you're a baby is fine, but it's when you crawl super fucking fast as like a, a normal human being and or old person. I yeah,
1: think a baby's crawls super walk fast. Normally.
0: It's
1: cute. And, and like, that's fine. Their little legs. That's fine, but like, like anything that's go? like a normal size, like an average sized adult that's <sighs> crawling. I'm going to start sending you videos of me just crawling. No, I won't watch <laughs> them.
2: Speed them up.
1: I will not watch them. Put it it freaks me out. <laughs> Rapid speed. It makes me so uncomfortable. Like I go in a straight panic mode.
2: Uh.
0: It's like when someone
1: tickles me. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it.
0: That's so funny. Okay. Uh, there is I feel like Josh has probably heard of this. Um the creepy car- pasta called the rake, which is like
2: yeah.
0: Somewhat looks similar to a creepy crawler. I mean, what are they called? what did I call them? A pale crawler, a creepy crawler. <laughs> they um, look kind of like a bug. <laughs> But the rake has longer fingers and fingernails that mimic like a rake, and that's why they call it a rake, um. Which I didn't know that, but they're that generally sense.
1: like really good to have around fall season in colder we need states them
0: because there's so many fucking leaves on the ground right now. It's insane.
1: Uh, yeah, like if you wake up in the morning and, grass. and all of your leaves and your lawn have been raked, it's usually because they've been there. Mm -hmm. I would love to wake up to that.
0: And I would just... Like, one time when I woke up, someone had moved our trash cans to the back of our house. From Uh, the road. I don't like that. Which is is a little weird, but I was like, I guess it was nice, but... No, that's weird. (laughs) That's just weird. But I guess a lot of the pale crawlers, their stories go back kind of longer, and a lot of... Um, similar stories from tribes, especially in Canada, match what the description of pale crawlers, and sometimes people will call them ghouls, which I think is kind of cool. Um, I think I just really like the, the word ghoul, though, to be honest. That's all you like about it? I like the word ghoul. It's spelled okay. cool. And then just like It's spelled cool. It rhymes with cool. That's yeah. <laughs> Alright, I have a couple little stories. Um Just
2: cool all the way around.
0: <laughs> cool ghoul. I'm a cool ghoul.
1: <laughs> I don't like that.
0: <laughs> okay. Um I will post the article I got these from. Uh, in the show notes, um, this happened a few years ago when my friends and I were in our junior year of high school around 2018. There's a doe or dow, I don't know how you say it, D-O-W. Doe a, a deer. deer,
2: a female
0: <laughs> deer.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to say doe. National Forest near, <clears throat> National Forest area northwest of our small western Colorado hometown. This used to be Ute land before the Meeker Massacre happened, and the natives were forced from the land. Between teenagers, we would frequently we would frequent this area in our trucks to have bonfires, shoot targets, drink, smoke, fornicate. Have you ever done that? Without having to worry <laughs> about Those law my enforcement. my
2: least favorite things, actually. <laughs>
0: crashing our party. <laughs> One night we were having a small bonfire there was probably about 4 of us in our group of close friends. It was a pretty quiet night. I had picked everyone up in my truck and so it was the only vehicle available. And the road to the clearing was a bit Tetris, so we only so we had to be very careful not to get stuck in the mud or trees. Throughout the night we kept hearing what sounded like, somewhat like an owl. Who? But almost like someone Ooh. impersonating an owl. That would be.
2: Ah, uh, it was so me. So
0: fucking weird. If you're just out in the woods and you hear someone go, hoo hoo, hoo hoo. And like, you know, it's not an owl, but like, you'd know they're trying to make an owl sound. That would be weird. On top of that, owls are fairly rare in this part of Colorado. It's a very dry climate, Climate more home to vultures and mountain lions. Oh, so even better. We heard the noises around five times in about an hour span, and it quickly devolved from hoo-hoo to just a singular hoo noise, similar to a gorilla sound. Oh, what's that?
2: No, that's exactly <gasps> what a gorilla sounds. Oh! <gasps> Is there a gorilla in your room, (laughs) (laughs)
0: Curse?
1: Harambe
2: himself?
0: (laughs) Oh, I cackle or hackle like a witch. Um,
2: (laughs) I also haggle like a witch.
1: I hackle. No, okay. Haggle.
0: (laughs) We were concerned, it only one of my buddies taunted whatever was making the noise by repeating it back into the tree line. At this point, the sound was immediately repeated, much louder than before. As if it was behind the tree line, we about shit ourselves and everyone scrambled the truck. I hauled ass as much as possible back to the main road. The main road was still washboard gravel, so I tried my best to channel my inner rally car driver to get us the hell out of there. On the drive down the mountain, one of my friends was riding shotgun and the rest were sitting in the bed. That sounds terrible! During a scary moment, ew, facing backwards. As we rounded a curb, chaos ensued. I heard screaming from the bed of the truck and my friend shitting soc- shotgun nearly shit herself about whatever the hell was happening back there. Instinctively, I slammed the brakes and looked into the, the rear view. I didn't get a good look. But I can only describe it as a skinny, hairless hairless humanoid creature with an arched back, sprinting across the road behind the truck on all fours.
1: Oh, sprinting on what? all fours. So you slam the brakes? Uh, of course, he no wanted to catch up to you. Yeah. You gotta he doesn't get care a about the look people at in it. the back. They're in the
0: bag for the reason.
1: He's for like, guys, reason. take
0: pictures. Hurry. <laughs> Picture didn't happen. <laughs> um... No coordination to its movement. It moved as if it was an old man trying to bear crawl at two times video speed. I barely had time to process before I began screaming and hit the gas. We finally got off the mountain and my friends in the back of the truck appeared shell-shocked. I asked them what they saw, or if they saw what I saw, they refused to answer only saying, get us the fuck out of here. And only afterwards, when we went to our friend's house, that they confirm by talking about what they saw. And everyone described the same thing. All fours, fast as hell, and humanoid. Two of the three described it having long, creepy-ass fingers, eyes locked on the truck as it crossed the road. And they say that they tr- saw trees and bushes moving as we drove down as if it was trying to catch up to us. Four years later, and the story still makes my hair stand on end when I tell it. In addition, other weird things began to happen in the forest after nightfall. We personally encountered a goat that had been killed by something, feet straight up in the air, stomach slashed in six equal cuts, and head nowhere to be found. I moved out of that town three years ago, but whenever I come back to visit, it creeps me out, and I refuse to enter After dark, even towards sunset.
1: Sounds like salad fingers. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And then I have one more. I watch my dog at night during the summer because it's too hot for him. Okay. A couple weeks ago, I was taking him on our normal route, and it was probably around 1130 on a clear night. The road we were on is kind of dark. Every other telephone pole has a light unlike the other roads in the neighborhood that have one per pole. As I'm walking, I noticed that it was strangely quiet. The crickets are usually still going around 1230 a.m., but there was really, wasn't really was really anything. No wind, no insects, no people. I noticed the silence but didn't really think too much until I hear a loud rustling in the bushes around a tree we walked past no more than two minutes prior. I thought it was no big deal. I run into plenty of wildlife in a neighborhood, deer, raccoons, and possums, frequent the area, like and like to roam out of the woods at night. My dog heard it, but lost interest in a couple seconds. I turn around and keep walking, but I hear it again. This time, when I turn around, I see leaves moving at the top of a tree. Ooh. Not a small amount of leaves, either. It looked like someone had climbed up into the tree and jumped up and down on a limb. At this point, I'm watching the tree, and so is my dog. His fur stands up on end. Ooh, look the, when their hackles stand up. And neither of us could see anything. What? Nothing moves. They're called hackles.
2: They're hackles.
0: Okay. You know when they get like that line that almost makes them look like they have a mohawk down their back? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's called. I don't know if it was a hackle. We were just talking about hackles, hackles. Yeah, that's what my grandma calls it. Hackles,
2: hackles, hackles.
0: So maybe it's like an older person thing, but that's what my grandma has always called it.
2: Maybe your grandma is crazy.
0: (laughs) Honestly, I don't know. Maybe, (laughs) but she's the best, so. She is, she is. She's the best. Um, Nothing moves, not even a wind blows the tree around. We turn to get the fuck out of there. I don't hear anything, but it feels like we're being watched the whole time, even after rounding the corner of the street. Reading some of the possible pale humanoid encounter stories, this seems similar. I don't really believe in cryptids or malevolent spirits being- or supernatural beings, but I really can't explain what I saw just in over-analyzing the whole situation. Or am I just over-analyzing the whole situation? I mean, if you didn't see what was happening, it could have just been someone fucking with you.
1: They're jumping on the tree branch and they fall out. Yeah,
0: like <laughs> that one time when I was driving home and the kid was standing at the end of the road, flail- flaying his arm, flailing his arms, flaying
2: his arms, flaying cutting his
0: the skin his off arms. of his arms. <laughs> Gross! I can't word. But when he was like standing like his driveway was like all the way i'm pretty sure i've told this story all the way at the end of the road like his driveway which was long and like flapping flailing his arms around looking up at the sky going (laughs) Um, it was so weird and he had no shoes on and it was in the middle of winter was he doing drugs at like midnight i don't know i didn't i didn't turn around to ask i was was too
1: scared definitely doing drugs
2: he was he was on the drugs
0: he probably sounds was. Like,
2: <laughs> sounds like he was doing some drugs.
0: He was just doing the rain dance. If
2: I had to guess.
0: <laughs> he just wanted school to be canceled the next day. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> this will make it snow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Joshua, you got some good stories for Oh, us? God.
2: So... This is my father's story written from his perspective. It follows an experience he had with a skinwalker on a Navajo reservation. Not my actual father. Uwu. When I was about 11 or 12, we lived in a small house made of mud and stone. A lot like our house now. It was two of my brothers and I in the house. Everyone else had gone to the Jammis feast. Don't know what that is. And left us to tend to the sheep. We were getting ready for bed when we heard the dogs going crazy outside, thinking it was nothing more than coyotes. Oh, coyotes? Howling in the coyotes. distance. Coyotes. <laughs> I don't know why. I know people my brain that call them
0: that, so.
2: Did that first.
0: I understood it. I didn't question it.
2: We told them to be quiet. We began to drift off into sleep, and the dogs would not shut up. Somehow, I was able to go to sleep for a few hours. Then I woke up very late in the night. It was very quiet and still in the house, safe from my brother's snoring and breathing. I realized I needed to use the outhouse and woke up my brother to take me there. He teased me about being scared, which I certainly was. We went out with our flashlight to the outhouse. The dogs began with their crazed barking out in the sagebrush, just going from one place to the next. My brother went first and I waited for him outside while waiting. I tried to follow the dogs with my flashlight. Suddenly there was a very loud whine from one of the dogs. Then everything went quiet again. It was really too quiet for that time of the year. Not even the sheep were making noise. Suddenly I heard a few of the dogs going completely mad by the truck. When I looked over, there was this man. He was unbelievably tall leaning one arm on the cab roof of the truck. He was looking at the dogs for a little, and then suddenly kicking one of them. They scattered in all different directions. The thing looked up at me, and I saw its face. Oh, he
1: yelled at him, don't kick my
0: dogs. Yeah, that's the rudest thing you can do in the world.
2: It's not even rude, it's just fucked up. (laughs) Kyla is rude. (laughs)
0: i guess yeah yeah she would never kick a dog exactly shut
2: Shut the fuck up we're talking nicely about about you get it together god (laughs) uh they all scattered in different directions uh it had a pure white face in parentheses like a full moon two burning red eyes and a slight smile that was pure black i could not move or make a sound It began to walk towards me with long strides until it finally towered over me. All I began to see was a dark red, like the color of the blood when you cut the throat of a sheep.
0: Oh my god. That's descriptive.
2: Everyone, Everyone knows that, right? Everyone's cut the throat of a sheep. It's that color. Yeah, you know. All the time. I keep getting deeper and deeper into its eyes. I could faintly hear my brothers coming out from the outhouse. With this, the thing looked up at him. Reality came rushing back to me. I noticed that my brother was too distracted with his buckle to realize what was going on. I also noticed this thing's long hands hovering just inches from my head. Its skin was black ash, and he smelled like a bloated dead animal in summer. I was still unable to move or speak. The skinwalker began to move towards my brother, finally noticing this figure... My brother became as paralyzed as I was. Closer and closer it drew, reaching an arm out towards my brother's head. Something finally snapped in me. I became unbearably angry. I broke from the trance and lunged at the skinwalker, raising my arms like a wild animal, baring my teeth at it.
1: He was like, You come to my house and you kick my dog.
2: And you try to fight my brother?
1: Yeah,
2: that's Honestly. all I
1: know. That's a lot of audacity for an ashy motherfucker.
2: A lot of audacity for an ashy motherfucker.
1: Truly,
2: <laughs> um, a growl came out that I never knew I could make. I became more, and ang- I became more and angrier at the thing that was trying to hurt us. It kept the smile at first, but the angrier I got, the more the smile faded. Finally, with everything I had, I began to make this primal roar at it. It fell backwards and ran away into the night. Looking back at me, its eyes were dim and dull. Its smile now long since gone. The next morning, the family returned home from the feast. After relaying the story to my parents, they quickly hired a medicine man.
0: A medicine man?
2: A medicine man. And that's how the story ends.
1: What are those called? What's the...
2: Like a shaman?
1: I think so, yeah. I was thinking of um, this isn't right. Uh, The witch doctor type thing, or what is it that has the mask with the long with the bird? A plague doctor? Yeah.
0: That.
2: Yes.
1: Plague
0: doctors, I think, are just, like I just couldn't imagine being sick. Oh, like especially if you're a child in that time, being sick, and that's what comes into like.
1: Cause why is that mask necessary? that's how i feel like they talk to you it is they don't actually speak they just make that noise (laughs) yeah they call every once in a while
2: (laughs) Uh, can we take a quick pause i'm sorry
1: a quick pause
2: yeah i apologize uh i was playing a game and i had to go afk and then the people got upset that i was just standing in a corner (laughs)
0: you didn't leave the cave you were just hanging out in the corner
2: (laughs) yeah i'm like ah, they probably can be fine
0: that's really funny
2: but uh anywho anywho this is an interesting one that i enjoy i'm a professional rule breaker it's the garden hill mimic I am a professional Rule Breaker. That is to say, I get paid to break rules that exist to protect the lives of those inhibiting a space significant enough to have them. Think of it as ethical hacking to test the strength of a system in place. Now, rules can serve as a survival guide for those living in the vicinity of such areas, but that is not all that they do. Do you know what the general purpose of rules is? The scientist who pulled me out of my artificial amniotic sack told me that they provide structure and order in your life, keeping the chaos at bay. You don't need motivation to succeed in life, he'd say. You need discipline. And he beat that discipline into us until we lived every day like machines, our time divided into little slots with specific tasks. For a man who raised rule breakers, he sure was a stickler for them. And so it is for the creatures that I deal with. Their existence is deeply intertwined with rules to keep them in check. For those who simply want to be left alone and exist, they function as a lifeline, a safe haven from the inquisitive eyes of ignorant and arrogant humans. Those who wish to hunt people, on the other hand, use these rules to manipulate their prey, feeding off of their fears, setting little traps, and in the sometimes mind-numbingly confusing spider web-like structure of rules to catch people off guard and devour them yeah, that was a long sentence
0: that was a long sentence good job
2: disgusting this is why we say that there is power in, in simplicity the simpler the rules the easier they are to remember and subsequently the deeper they get imprinted into the collective psyche of the people this increases their odds of survival which one do you think would be easier for you to remember and follow? Lighting one candle on your doorstep each night or lighting 17 all of different shapes and sizes each in specific corners of your house. Complexity allows the things that lurk in the dark to take advantage of your mistakes and slip through the cracks. They get you when you feel like you've done the needful. They get you when you feel like you've done what was needed and are sleeping safe and sound in bed. A cold, clammy hand on your leg at midnight serves as a haunting and impossib- possibly final reminder of how badly you've messed up. Ew. But on the other hand, simplicity Ew. can be a double-edged sword in of itself, especially when it comes to creatures who derive their existence from the rules. I am, of course, talking about the tolpas, a manifestation of the darkness that resides in the collective consciousness. These are things that exist simply because people believe they exist, and the stronger that belief, the more powerful the tolpa. Rules provide a ritualistic aspect to such belief and make it harder to contain these creatures. I remember the first tolpa I ever dealt with was this long-haired woman dressed in white that was whipped up in a frat party sometime in the 70s, growing powerful over the decade as the campus legend around her finally took a life of its own. They said that she would come into your room at night, sit at the foot of your bed and lick your toes before biting them off one by one while you remained frozen in fear. Unable like a to do anything. Yeah. Unable to do anything or even scream, but feeling every bit of pain nonetheless. That would be
0: What awful. the hell? I used to have dreams that my parents would cut off my toes. And that's what it reminds me of. So what is going on?
2: Have, what, are you okay?
0: <laughs> having
2: not. nightmares about
0: nightmares.
2: Your nightmares <laughs> about your toes being your toesy woosies being ripped off. Uh,
0: by both of my parents together, not just both of them.
2: Both of them together. Teamwork to your toes yep. off.
0: Teamwork makes the dream work. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> makes my dream work apparently.
2: What? <laughs> okay. Um says, "But well, that's not the story I want to share with you all today. No, I'm going to be talking about a much more definitive experience of mine with Tolpas, the Mimic of Garden Hill." Garden Hill is an upper-class neighborhood in the hills, populated by your stereotypical yuppies, rich, educated, anti-vaxxers. Ignorance that comes from half-baked knowledge is much harder to get rid of, and I knew it was going to be a major pain when I realized I was dealing with a tolpa that was terrorizing these arrogant assholes. I didn't realize that it was a tolpa at first. All the signs pointed, it, pointed at it being a skinwalker or a mimic of some sort. And I initially reported to my bosses that it was the latter. In hindsight, though, the simplicity of the rules, the old history of the legend, it should have given me ample warning. The rules. Don't venture outside after sunset. Make sure all the doors and windows stay locked. Do not invite guests into your home when it's dark out. If you hear someone crying out at night for help, ignore it. Especially if it's someone you love. Count the number of people in your home before you go to bed. If the numbers aren't what they should be, call nine one one.
0: They're not all bad rules.
2: No, they're not they're, all great. No, the that's rule weird. number four is uh.
0: Is that the one? A bit don't iffy.
2: Help? Don't help someone that you love. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's a, a that's the one that gets one. me. Yeah. Cause like, are you what supposed if, to listen to them die? Like, but
0: like also, what if something really does happen? And like, it's not as something tricking you. They actually like hurt themselves.
2: Imagine somebody just like trips and falls in your yard, and it's like, ah, sorry, Grandma. We'll come get you in the morning. Yeah. It's nighttime. <laughs> We're not allowed right now.
0: If anything comes to you, please don't scream. <laughs>
2: Yeah, if anything comes to you, just, like, stay quiet. Not because it'll help you, but because we're going to try to get a good night's sleep, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It may try to eat you, but Like, you're going to die either way.
2: No one's going to help you if you scream. There's literally no reason to.
0: You know what? Honestly, if Granny was out after dark, it seems like it's her own fault.
2: Honestly. She kind of signed herself up for that.
0: The way I see it. (laughs)
2: The way I see it, she deserved it. (laughs) Oh. I was sent to investigate this case after a corporate executive asked for help. Apparently his son's friend and his family had moved into the neighborhood and had experienced a heartbreaking tragedy soon after. Because the orders came from the very top, I was seated before the young man in a matter of days. It looked like the life had been sucked out of him. Pale, gaunt with deep circles under his eyes. He sat fidgeting on the spare chair in my motel room and flinched at the slightest of noises. "'So, Dylan,' I said, easing back into my own chair. "'Would you like to talk about what happened?' He nodded furiously, beads of sweat collecting on his forehead. "'Ah, yes, I, uh, I graduated recently from college.' And I'd come back home for a while to visit my mom before I went off to New York for my new job. I wanted to see how she had been doing. I was a little worried, you see. What were you worried about? He rubbed his fingernails together. She got married, behind my back. I mean, not like she was trying to hide anything from me, but for fuck's sakes, I hadn't even met the man. It all happened so quickly after she moved here. I felt like she was just moving way too fast. So I came here to check up on her to see whether things were on the up and up or not. And what happened? Something definitely sent, seemed off about him. He looked he looked like a rat, you know? <laughs> always alert, eyes darting around like he was being hunted.
0: Are rats known for always being alert?
2: Uh, yeah. They... uh they're fast as fuck. And they just run away from everything. Fast as fuck, boy. What do you think the rat... A single rat self-defense mechanism is just running. Leaving.
1: The yeah, only time
2: same. that they same. don't do that is when there's like thousands of them. Same. Oh. Uh, and then he told me about the rules. The ones that everyone in town religiously follows. I laughed at him. But then stopped when I realized he was being dead serious. It was so creepy, this grown-ass man talking about some bullshit fairy tale with abject terror on his face. When he saw that I wasn't completely sold on it all, he grabbed me by the shoulders and shook me, said that I had to follow the rules, all of them, or I'll die. And you did, right? Follow the rules? He shrugged. Kind of, I mean. I didn't really have to. Mom and her husband kept the doors locked and I moved into the spare room in the basement so I didn't really have to worry about locking up any windows or anything. And I never heard anyone calling me at night either. So that intrigued me. So what happened next? He shivered. It was that it was night when it happened. I was asleep in my bed when I woke up with a start. Body covered in sweat. My heart was hammering in my chest and I could feel the hair standing up on the back of my neck. It was so disconcerting. I was terrified, but I didn't know what exactly I was scared of. But then I realized what it was. His foot started tapping on the floor. I felt a presence in the room, about the size of a dog, breathing and watching me. I shook my head, closed my eyes, and tried to sleep, tried telling myself it wasn't real, that it was all in my head, but that feeling didn't go away. I felt the presence shift, and it moved around my room. His breaths were getting shorter, like he was reliving that nightmare. It was at the foot of my bed when I finally said fuck it and groped around for my phone. I turned on its flashlight and shined it where I had felt the presence. What was it? It was my mom, crawling on her hands and feet, staring at me wide-eyed with this small, vicious grin on her face.
1: Uh-uh. I dropped
2: the phone in fright, and my mom skittered out of the room. I heard her nails scratching the stairs as she rushed shuffling out of the basement.
1: Why is she skittering? I didn't skittering? get a
2: wink of sleep that night. Skittering around on all fours. The rat was contagious. <laughs> it, was, it was so weird. Why was she doing it? Was she okay? Did she want to hurt me? I yeah. felt a sort of primal terror, one that doesn't know quite know why it exists, you know? Did you talk to her about it in the morning? He shook his head in disbelief. What? No, are you crazy? I was too terrified to talk, period. I didn't even properly understand what was happening. Had I just dreamt it all? Was it real? If it was real, then why? Why would she be doing it? Was she sleepwalking, or did it have something to do with these dumb rules? I didn't know, so I chose to spend the day outside, doing odd chores like washing your car, mowing the lawn, watering the plat- plants, etc. I was putting the lawnmower back in the shed when my world came crashing down around me, he said, tears pooling in his eyes. I was looking around for some shears when I noticed this old jar on the shelf, glass, glass all yellowed up. It was my mom her head that is old and preserved like a pickle that's when i knew i knew that that thing in my house was not my mom and that i couldn't stay there not even did for it, one more second did
0: it kill his mom
1: did it i think so his mom? Duh.
2: and it said that it was old too so it had been there like a while so i ran down to my bedroom packed some essential stuff and bolted out of the house not stopping until I miraculously ran into a police car. So the cops knew what had happened, he continued, and that it was both terrifying and comforting in and of itself. They helped me understand that Mom may have broken the rules sometime after her now-husband moved in with her, and that was what caused it all. They found him too, you know. Her husband, cut up into half a dozen pieces with the handle of an axe shoved up his rectum. God, he was only trying to protect her. He knew she had doomed herself, but chose to stay with her anyway. He buried his face in his hands as long and agonizing yet silent sobs racked his chest. I let him air it out. After he composed himself, I accompanied him to the edge of town and returned after seeing him off. My investigation revealed that it was not a solitary incident. There had been cases all over the town. I found out about a loving father who, after hearing complaints about there being an extra person in the house, brutally hacked up his wife and daughter. There was a woman who poisoned all seven of her grandkids after inviting them to her house for a sleepover. All cases involved someone close to the victim committing the murders in a horrific manner. By this point, I was pretty confident it was a mimic, replacing a family member before going off on a spree of violence, and so relayed as much to my bosses and prepared to take him down. I reviewed the rules once again, and set about breaking them one by one, to catch this thing's attention. After the sun had set, I climbed out of the window of my room and roamed the empty streets, whistling and kicking empty cans down the road, anything to draw its attention, my assumption was that since this thing had just killed Dylan's family, it must be out scouting for fresh blood. I clutched my pistol and continued my acts of provocation. I was right; it didn't take long for it to begin. I spot—oh God, what just happened? I spotted someone, something lurking in the shadows, out of the corner of my eye. But it would disappear the instant I turned my neck, even if by a little. Wet footsteps on the asphalt, an unnatural rustling of the bushes to the sides, soft animalistic growling that seemed to come from just next to my ankles, were all the signs that I had been chosen as the next target. But for some reason, it chose not to attack me then and there. Why? I think it could somehow sense my enhanced nature, and I hope that it would be interesting enough for him to speed up his feeding cycle. Yeah after confirming that the dog sniffed the bone i hurried back to my motel room jogging and weaving my way through the grid like streets i climbed back into my room making sure the hemp rope soaked in alcohol and knife made of pure gold was somewhere within reach and began waiting i could hear the television from a couple rooms down blaring into the suffocating shroud of darkness as if the occupant was trying to ignore the terror Looming large outside his windows. Well, my window. The thing announced its presence with a piercing screech. One so filled with anguish it would fray the heartstrings of anyone who didn't know better. Something banged against my window, making it rattle on its hinges. Bang, bang, bang. A couple of blood-soaked hands banged against the window, leaving behind a thin trail of red that slowly dripped downwards. Help me, please. I walked to the window and peered outside. It was a woman, about early thirties, naked and covered in bruises and welts, completely drenched with blood from head to torso. I saw that it wasn't anyone I knew. Interesting. He's going to kill me. Please help me. My neighbor turned up the volume of his television. He's coming. Oh, God. I spotted the silhouette of something tall and thin walking towards the woman from my right and hearing this strange metallic sound, like a blade being dragged against the wall. Please, please, the woman cried. All right, step back, I'm letting you in. Do you hear me? I asked, I'm letting you in. I swung the window open and silence greeted me. There was no one outside. No woman, no dark shadow, nothing. Well, it wasn't unusual for a mimic to instill hallucinations in its victims. I stepped up to the window, put my hands on the sill, and let my eyes scan the surroundings. They found nothing, at least not until they searched the space just below the window. There, crouched with her hands between her feet like a dog, was a woman grinning up at me. I recognized her; it was Dylan's mom. Her hand shot up and word in a sharp, in a sudden sharp motion, as the small knife in her hand sliced my lips and nose. I yelped and stumbled back, pulling my gun and firing off a couple of shots at her. She leapt into the room, slashing away at me while cackling manically. So so I was hesitant to to shoot her, not wanting the bullets to punch through the drywall and kill some poor bastard, just trying to ignore this nightmare going on in the room close to his. She stabbed me in the gut, and I caught a hold of her, gritting my teeth to fight through the pain and pulled her in close headbutting her and smashing her nose with in with a satisfying crunch it dazed her only for a second but i took full advantage of that and grabbed the golden knife before stabbing her eyes out with it thunk thunk thunk
1: stabbing thunk, thunk. her eyes out <laughs> we're
0: yeah. like we don't do true crime cuz it's too gory
2: <laughs> and now this is what i'm reading
0: it's fine i'll put a a warning. A,
2: a warning on it? I yeah. Honestly. I went on a stabbing spree, riddling her body with so many holes it looked like Swiss cheese. Fuck. She She wailed louder and louder till it became inhuman. She didn't stop screaming as I tied her up with the rope, dragged her outside, and set her on fire. So after watching the last traces of her vanish into the air in the form of ash, I pulled the blade out of my stomach and trudged back to the motel and asked for another room. Because I thought that was the end of it, that I had wrapped it up and was ready to leave. When the next evening, and ready to leave when the next evening, another murder happens. From A him? mother stabs her husband. Oh my honestly,
0: gosh. so much stabbing. That-
2: Honestly, I feel like uh, you know if it's not America, that's the, that's the common part, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It's the only thing you can do. I thought that maybe I feel like shooting somebody is too too nice for some of these things too.
1: Yeah, they like yeah. they like it's to be quick.
2: Yeah, they like to you know maybe they'll get a couple leg shots in, but it's just you know gotta stab them thought that maybe the mimic's mental manipulation had gotten to me so i spent the next night trying to kill it again and again just for the whole thing to repeat the next day and that's when it clicks i realized what a herculean task had been unknowingly assigned to me it was a goddamn tolba
0: but like how do you know
2: uh, I think just the fact that it like keeps coming back, and I, guess. I did a story on told was like forever yeah, yeah. ago, um, and that was basically just like if you, people believe in it still, then it still is alive and like can yeah. come back. So I went to the local library to confirm what had been told to me in passing and sifted through years and years of local history tracing those murders back decades, but still couldn't pinpoint the origin of it all. So do you know how hard it is to disprove a myth when you don't know what its origins are? It's time to call in the Calvary. We were posted all around the city, keeping watch day and night to make sure that the Tulpa doesn't kill again, and destroying it whenever it showed up. Meanwhile, we had laid the foundation for the eventual destruction of the myth. Falsified records, fake announcements of pranks, manipulated declarations of the Tolpa murders as crimes of passions, etc. Some of our people even moved into the neighborhood, pretending to be another in love yuppie couple that deliberately and openly flouted the rules under our watchful eyes. Gradually, we started to whittle them down until they too started breaking the rules, laughing at the sheer absurdity of the rules. And then came a day when the Topa hadn't been observed in two weeks, and our people began moving out one by one. So I was the last to leave, almost a year after I arrived at Garden Hill, and to this day, solving that case is the proudest I'd ever been of myself. That was an interesting one. I don't know if I'll try to read his again, but I had to find one quick.
0: I think it was good. I think that it was definitely unique, yeah.
2: It was interesting. And it is interesting to think, like, if you did have to try to kill a Tulpa, it would legitimately be just, like, disproving a myth. Yeah. Which would be insane to try to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good night, everybody.
2: Good have night.
1: Everybody. Buenas noches. Goodbye forever.
0: Thank uh-huh.